Hello, and uh, welcome back to Crane Kick Commentaries. Um, my name is Jake Domastro. As always, I am joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. So today, uh, we're coming back to uh, Mars Attacks. Hells yeah, we are. We're 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 back on we're back on the attack. Oh God, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go that on. Was, uh, so what are we going to talk about today? Um, well, we're talking a little bit more about filming, I think, uh, and we're going to talk about the effects, and then I think we're going to talk about some music. Yeah, yeah. Well, because last week we like. We went pretty long, and we didn't even talk about the the special effects at all. So that that should be fun this week, because obviously that's a huge part of this movie. Um, yeah, definitely. And then also we talked about Tim Burton a bit, and <laughs> yeah, we talked about the, the the garbage pail kids trading cards, sort of the whole trading card background thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so now we can move on to some more of the filming, which. Really, there's a, not a lot of information I could find on on the filming, but they started filming uh, in 1996, February, I believe. Okay. It says here they were delayed, and I'm trying to figure out what delayed them. Yeah. Was somebody unavailable? Yeah. I'm just seeing if there's an interesting Because I feel reason. like given the sheer number of people that were involved in this, like somebody was going to have a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be anything interesting. Um, so so they started in February. Hey, that's like kind of similar to what time it is now. It is, yeah. February twenty sixth. February twenty sixth. No, it's today's day? February fifteenth. Yeah. So that's today, but when will this be airing? Yeah. Probably when closer will this to. When will be airing? It will be airing on February eighteenth. Oh, sorry, no, this episode will be airing on the, the 25th. Oh, because shit. Because this is part two. Yeah, part two. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Tomorrow, yeah, That's guys. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the anniversary, uh, the 25th anniversary, or, yeah, 25th anniversary 25th. tomorrow when they started filming. It's a happy 25th anniversary Mars Attacks. Yeah. Of when they start, I mean, it's the film's twenty fifth anniversary too. But anyway, yeah, that, that's that's what I meant. Right, right. Yeah, but tomorrow is the anniversary of the first date of anyway. <laughs> well, tomorrow when you're listening to this, unless you listen to it on Friday, in which that's case true. then that would be the day. That's true. And if you're listening to this on December thirteenth, uh, December one. Yeah, if if when you. Oh, right, right, right. Are listening to this. If it happens to be December 13th, 2021 right now, uh, it's the 25th anniversary for uh, Mars Attacks. So congratulations. I mean, really, it's going to be completely fucked up because anybody can listen to this whenever they want. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Good point. Anyway. Um, Yeah, so my favorite little detail was that as a joke once, the sound editor uh, or coordinator rather um played hail to the chief as a joke once when jack nicholson came onto the set as the president uh and jack nicholson how did he react to that he loved it so much that he demanded that they do it every time every time (laughs) 
That's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Tim Burton said uh, it became, quote unquote, necessary. <laughs> Tim Burton said that, okay. Yeah, that's hilarious. To get into character. But what yeah. about when he was doing the other scenes as the other character? That's a difficult question. I wonder what he listened to then. Yeah. I wonder if he still made sure that they played Hiddle Chief. Probably. For satirical reasons, that would be on point. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> um, so the uh, cinematographer that they got as well, um, I can't pronounce his last name, Sashitsky? Is it on the outline? I don't see it. No, it's not. Sorry. Okay. It's here. I'll Come put on. it in. I'll put it in right now. I mean, to be fair, I didn't put my shit on the outline, so. <laughs> uh, Sushitsky. Sushitsky. That's um, what I would say. I could be wrong. Yes, uh, he is the uh, cinematographer. Um, he does a very good job. He does. Because he he got hired because he did some work with David Cronenberg that. Tim Burton. Oh yeah, what what did he do with David Cronenberg? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. It's exactly what he did. Oh, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers, yeah. He also did The Empire Strikes Back and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay, classics. Yeah, so he's uh knows what's up. Um, exactly. Oh, he also did Crash. David Cronenberg. Oh yeah, there you go. Actually, a lot of David Cronenberg. I feel like. Uh, I don't know how 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 would we describe his relationship with this podcast? Uh, I mean, we like he's a f- friend. <laughs> no, because he doesn't know about. Well, I mean, he might. I don't know. He never no, responded to my email. Yeah, it's true. We've reached out to him, but he hasn't got back yeah. to us. Well, I just mean in the sense that we've mentioned him fondly because we yeah, did... I I think we we like David Gardenberg. Yeah. Yeah, we like him, and he's Torontonian too, which can't. Hurt. Yeah, he 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 he's from the T. Dotto. That, like, yeah, repping everywhere I go. He does rep like, it everywhere he goes. Exactly. That's all he does. I think that's why. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I, like I feel like so we got to admire that shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, let's see who else was in it. The cost- costume designer was the same costume designer from, uh, what was it, Barbarella? Oh, yeah? I, I, that That makes a lot of sense. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. I miss misspoke. She she it just says she took reference from Barbarella. Oh well, that was also obvious. That was also obvious. Yes, <laughs> uh, that because that was in reference to the design of uh, the alien who kills Martin Short. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was played by um, Liza Marie Smith, mm-hmm. who was Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time. Oh, interesting. So a little fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. But yeah, like I said, not a lot more for filming. We can kind of talk about the sets a bit. We talked about it briefly last uh, last episode, but like the Doctor Strange love comparisons are strong. Yes, definitely. Like just beyond like uh, the war room, there's kind of, I mean, maybe you'll talk about this a bit more later, but there's a vibe similarity that they're, I think they try and. Yeah, like I feel like they're. They're they're both kind of poking fun at similar things. There's a sim yeah exactly. There's a similar similar satirical disdain in both of them. Yeah, and, and they both have a similar framing device. 
like like sorry they they frame that that satire in a similar way is what i mean to say how do you mean well i mean like it's both sort of about like the american government responding to disasters essentially yeah, right exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, there's definitely some emulation there um mm-hmm. and then also just there's a lot of similarities uh in between between this movie and uh the the day the earth stood still yes um, yeah definitely one of those funnily like i mean obviously the spaceship landing scene and that whole sequence where the spaceship like the people meeting the aliens there's a lot of similarities there just kind of in reverse mm-hmm. um but the pierce brosnan character reminds me a lot of klaatu right okay i don't know maybe it's just like his demeanor but mm. it's it, he's he, they've they've got a lot of com- in common so uh was there anything else we wanted to say about the sets like i feel like um a lot of it is just like fucking small town america like um yeah and yeah. uh it's 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 actually interesting i was earlier i was saying like this is a very american movie oh yeah and since like a lot of the like the backdrops are sort of like classic americana you know what i mean yeah yeah they tried to get like every uh every angle too like you have your new york and exactly you have the like uh i guess southwestern Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um there's the full he they're going for the full representation there exactly but yeah that's there's not much more to say about the filming without talking about the uh we referenced it a lot last episode the special effects right okay Um, yeah so i mean what i sort of immediately jumps out at me about this the effects in this movie is the cgi yeah well the this movie is like so it's we were talking a bit last episode about it, how it's like super clearly a '90s movie. It's like got a lot of hallmarks of yeah. a '90s movie, and one of those is the animation is like very '90s animation. Yeah, well, I mean, in the sense that it's like it's clear that like it's not that good. Yeah, exactly. It's bad. <laughs> but I mean, animation. like, and I'm not saying that the animators weren't trying, but like, what I'm saying is that like. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, um, in some of the previous movies where we talked about CGI and that's like, uh, there was kind of nowhere for this CGI to hide is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent, excellent point. And, and I actually find it funny because like, um, Tim Burton was very much against it looking like CGI. Sorry, say that again. Tim Burton was very much trying to make it look like like uh, stop motion animation. Yes, and there's but, a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a reason for that, but um, it's very obviously CGI when you watch it nowadays. Yeah, exactly. It it is one of the worst aging parts of the movie for sure. Well, um, I I wouldn't actually say that because like I think it actually ends up being fine because of the tone of the movie. Well, that's. And we'll it, what we'll they're in, depicting I'll, as well. I think I'll get into that a bit more later in my final thoughts because it, it ha- it's all tied in with my opinion, so it'll get a bit editorial. So I'll okay, save yeah, it yeah, for yeah, then. Sure. I'll save it for then. So, um, but basically, I, what I what I was saying is like it's not 
like while the CGI is technically like like not good in the sense that like you know the technology just wasn't there. Yeah, it's 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 not like they did a bad job. It's just that the limitations are well. It the the CGI was being asked to do a lot. Yeah, and you should <laughs> uh, elaborate on your point about not much to hide because I know you've talked about that on um previous episodes but yeah so i mean i think one of the best ways of making cgi like work is like knowing where to use it especially back in the day when the cgi was just technically not quite there yeah like like yeah exactly we've mentioned jurassic park before i think is like a really good example of like melding practical effects with cgi because you you got to just know which scenarios are going to you're going to get the best benefit, right? Yeah. So, but whereas in this movie um it was pretty clear like the reason why they used CGI was to solve some very practical issues that they were having, <laughs> the ones that we mentioned last week perhaps. Yeah, so I mean, obviously one of the main things is that um we mentioned there being a 280 million dollar script. <laughs> And yeah. so, like, part of that I I can only assume is because uh, <laughs> Tim Burton was I, I, at the beginning very dead set on using stop motion animation for everything. Very Tim Burtony of him, because he just loves that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, and you know, can't blame him. He nails stop no, motion yeah, yeah. all the time. It's it's got a it's got a definite uh, Tim Burtony feel to it. Yeah. Um, but he was sort of. Like I believe that they did actually, yeah. So they did actually make some, some uh, stop motion animation Martians. Yeah, they like hired a whole, well, not a whole. They hired a firm to do it, and they even did a few tests. Yeah. Um, so, but there was one problem that they were uh, consistently having, and yeah. that had to do with the Martian helmets. What's that? I didn't. What is that? What's the issue? Okay, so um. You know, like, the process of stop-motion animation is that, like, you pose your model, you take a picture, you tweak the model, and then you take another picture. Yeah. yeah, Right? Yeah. Now, so the problem with the aliens and the helmets is that if you wanted to move something on the alien's face... You have to take the helmet off. You got to take the helmet off, right? Yeah. And then you got to put it back on and make sure that it matches the previous shot and everything. Yeah, and then you got to, like, polish your fingerprints off the... I guess you probably exactly. use gloves or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I, I don't know how they would actually do it, but apparently that was just a huge fucking hassle. <laughs> I bet that's a huge fucking hassle, yeah. Yeah. So um, while they were working on it, um, I believe that they they had hired ILM to do some of the effects for the movie. And yeah. uh, one of the uh, people working on the film um, was Mark Miller who was a visual effects producer at uh, ILM. Yeah, I think we've mentioned him before. Have we? Maybe That's... not. Maybe I've just come across him before. Go on, though. Sorry. Yeah, so we have a we have a couple of people. We have Mark Miller. We got Jim Mitchell um, and David Andrews. Yeah. And so essentially they, uh, they saw the creatures and came up with the idea of like doing a, a CGI version. Right. Um, and, and so 
what they did was they uh they saw the issue with with the glass because uh, another problem with the glass like the glass helmets is because like um i don't know about uh if you know because they wanted to integrate the stop motion animation into the actual shot right yeah exactly it's like you gotta like do it on green screen and then yes but the problem with uh with the the blue background that they were going to use is that like when you have a semi-transparent material like glass there's some reflective issues perhaps well there are reflective issues but also like um once the light goes through the glass it's it's blue right, right. so it's just gonna get cut off by the film right. so it's just gonna get cut out by the thing right so anyway it's, kinda... it's 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 very hard to do glass with a with a uh, compositing like that yeah <laughs> understandable Be- because doing semi-transparencies and cutting it out is really fucking hard um yeah so but anyway so they, they got the idea that okay we could do this actually really easily with cgi so right. um they put a test together um and so the way that uh jim mitchell puts this is he said uh I grabbed a plate from Jumanji. Now, a plate is is just a VFX term for like the background of the shot, basically. <laughs> so he he, um, he he grabbed a plate from Jumanji, and I built one of the Martians in his glass helmet and his green suit and some sort of death ray gun in his hand, and had him walking very crudely because I'd built the model and did some animation and compositing it myself. I showed Mark, and somehow we slipped it to Larry to take a look at, and he was blown away. But he knew that it wasn't polished enough, so he didn't want to get it in front of Tim without a little bit more effort. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, they brought on some more um, animators, and this is where uh, uh, we have another quote from David Andrews. He says, like, uh, we used the plate from Jumanji where there's a street cop car and the elephant walked over it, which was animated by uh, Daniel Jeanette. And we took this car, and it was mashed did, uh, up. Sorry, and Jim... interrupted. Did ILM? I assume did Jumanji. Yes, that's why yeah. they had the extra. Yeah, shit. the plates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so well, we took this car that was mashed up, and Jim cut it out in two D, and then he animated this car up and down. Uh, because I told him I wanted to have the Martians trying to steal the bumper off of it, and then I went to work <laughs> on putting a couple Martians in there, and just added weird shit, right? <laughs> um, who knows what a Martian does? Maybe he collects bumpers. I don't know. But it all made <laughs> us laugh, so we went for it. It's pretty accurate to the tone that ended up in the film, I think. <laughs> yeah, so um, this screen test, uh, you can actually see it on uh, on um, YouTube. Uh, there's a video of, of it. Yeah, the alien uh, stealing the bumpers. <laughs> yeah, y- y- you can definitely tell it's not quite as polished as what came up in the movie, but, you know, it's a screen test. So that's not the point. Yeah, it's a bit crude, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, what's actually kind of funny is that um, once they had convinced uh, Tim Burton to use the CGI... Which I imagine was a bit of work to do. Yeah, because he loves stop-motion animation. Yeah. But I think probably one of the one of the things that probably convinced him was just, like, the cost of it. Yeah, they're just like, it's not going to happen if we don't yeah, cut off $100 you... million. And not that, like, the CGI was cheap. No, of course not. Like, especially I mean, in 1996, like... Any amount of CGI in 1996 is going to be expensive in a feature-length film. 
Exactly. Just like the sheer amount of time to render it, which we've talked about, is like yeah, you know, we're talking about at length. Rendering it, it's pretty, pretty big uh, yeah. cost, but just the sheer amount of things that they wanted to do in the movie, like I, I, <laughs> I don't know how they would have done that practically. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, even once they'd shown him the uh, the CGI and convinced him that they wanted to do it. He still really wanted to make it look like uh, stop motion animation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, comes across. Yeah, it comes across, but it also doesn't look like stop motion animation. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It just looks like regular animation. But um, so so they actually really wanted to. Uh, he actually really wanted to make it like look worse, almost. To make it look more like stop motion animation, right? Because like um, CGI obviously has like a very uh, smooth uh, movement quality to it. Yeah. Whereas uh, stop motion animation is a bit more jerky. Yeah, exactly. So he he like uh, he he like asked them to make all the movements be like super jerky, like on purpose. And yeah. That's, uh, that comes across in the movie. So remember when last episode when we were talking about. Uh, director or uh, Tim Burton not getting in the way. Not getting in the way. His Tim Burtonness not getting in the way because they're. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of did in a sense. What I'm, I'm sure it always gets in the way, like while he's making a movie. But I don't know if it, I don't know if it got in the way of the result. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like I don't think the choices that he made made the movie worse. You know what I mean? Right. It just. I mean, when I say worse, I mean from a very technical standpoint. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's like, he wanted, like, the CGI to be of a technically lower quality. Yeah, they could have made it look, like, I think I think ultimately, though, the, it looks worse. It, it does look worse than it could have. I think that's, and that's kind of the point, but I think he kind of failed because it's just like, at the time, I can kind of see the thought process, but in terms of, like, aging it, it, it it's just irrelevant now it just looks like cgi that's a few years behind where it was mm-hmm. ultimately yeah definitely um i just want to uh quickly have another quote from dave andrews here uh okay. that kind of explains like this okay he said tim burton didn't want it to feel animated but I was always trying to sneak in weird stuff that would tell you it's animated. Like, no real eyeball darts. You don't have 90-degree angles in your eyeball darts. But when, you're, when, but when you project it or put a specular highlight on it and the eye has a crazy shimmer in it, it makes you think that they're really fucking insane creatures. Because the eyes have these really weird darts in them. You don't find that in nature unless, unless you electrocute somebody. It, it's... It's sort of like an artistic convention that if you do these weird things that are only possible in animation and you kind of sneak them in, the lighting plays with it. And especially with the eyes, it makes the characters come alive. Like putting a little twinkle in their eye. It's a literal twinkle. And if you have to put it in with the artistic convention, that's not real. That's super interesting. Um, Especially when you compare it to this uh, Tim Burton quote I have about the CG... um, in in this movie, he said, uh, um, "Being able to do anything 
it can kind of diminish the effect. It's funny, even with the new Star Wars, when you can do anything. Wait, when was he uh, having this interview, by the way? I think this he was probably talking about the Phantom Menace. Right. Or like, because this is probably early 2000s. Right. So because be, I mean, it's, it's I would say chill. that uh, Attack of the Clones is pretty uh... intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those is what he's talking about, I think. But um, even with the new Star Wars, when you can do anything, it's almost like humans need boundaries. It needs to be in a framework. It needs to be held in check with other elements so that you're still feeling something that's much more present. For me, yeah. there's no such thing as unlimited resources in movies. You need boundaries. Uh, and he yeah, was talking I, I, about the CG in, in uh, Mars Attacks there. I kind of agree with him, but like, what I don't think he fully understood <laughs> is the boundaries that he did have already with the CGI. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just like, it's not any different from like practical effects. It's, it's just, just different... you don't understand where the boundaries are is the exactly. difference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's not like these ILM guys are literally magic. <laughs> I know. Although that's in the name. Yeah. I mean, to be, I, it's, I suppose in court, that's, you can that's sue how they advertise it. Misrepresentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like. Once again, like, uh, I I don't think the movies like I don't think the movie suffers from the CGI. I just think it's it makes it very obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, suffer might not be the word I would necessarily use, but but it, it, it certainly puts it in a place in time. That's yeah, it puts it in a in a box. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know that it, it wouldn't not have been there otherwise, but. It's it's definitely in there for sure because of the the CGI, if that makes any yeah. sense whatsoever. But it just But it, uh I mean yeah, I think it makes sense. But it, it there were still a lot of like model stuff used in the movie. Like yeah. it, I don't wanna give the impression that like everything in there was CGI. No, well you can tell a lot of like the corpses. Oh and, yeah, that that I, I thought that was really good actually. Yeah, excellent integration. Like there. uh <laughs> with the bit with Michael J. Fox's hand. <laughs> I, just, I love that sequence yeah that is so good with the, the chihuahua running away with michael j fox's hand <laughs> yeah um but yeah like a lot of the skeletons and then that alien uh dissection there's a few alien bodies as well that i think are yeah definitely not um cg like when uh that guy reaches into its head mm-hmm so yeah, there, there's there's a mixture, but um, I don't know. You think that we've uh, is there anything else you noticed that you wanted to talk about with the? Uh, no, nothing that I'm that? Uh, I'm not gonna editorialize. So, <laughs> I mean, I I feel like we've already editorialized quite a bit. Yeah, I know. I just mean it'll it'll fit into my final thoughts. I think. It yeah, just, it all is tied together. So yeah, we can we can slide on. That's a gross way of putting it. I'm sorry. We can move on normally in yeah. an orderly fashion. In an orderly fashion? Because um, I, I just wanted to talk briefly about the music and Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, just because, like, not necessarily... Like, the music is good in this... Um, in this movie. Um, well, didn't Danny Elfman... Didn't Danny Elfman win some kind of award for this? 
Oh, did he? I could be wrong. Movie? Let's find out. Um, Danny Elfman won Best Saturn Award. Oh, it's a Saturn Award. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was. Are we too ruthless to the Saturn Awards? I mean, no. I feel like we make fun of them a lot. <laughs> it's just become a bit now. They know it's it's yeah. all in fun. It's all in fun. I haven't. I don't yeah. have a Saturn Award, so. I don't know. Well, when they nominated us for best podcast, maybe yeah. we're... <laughs> we'll start taking them seriously the second we'll they nominate us. We'll start taking them seriously. The very moment we get nominated for best podcast, yeah. Yeah, then we'll be like, yeah, the Saturn Awards are totally legit. We yeah. have one, see? Better than the uh, Oscars, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Oscars are bullshit. Fucking Academy, you know? like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a conversation, but uh, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, so Mars Attacks was, yeah, it says it was on the short list for the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, but it got shafted. It got snubbed? It got shafted for Independence Day instead. Who did the music for that? No, for visual effects. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, music I didn't. Music. But anyway, um, Danny Elfman. Uh, we've just talked about him before for Men in Black, and he is so legendary that I thought we could just go into a a tiny bit of his history and talk about You can talk about Wongo Bongo? Yeah, well... The Mystic Knights of? Yeah, I, I don't know basically anything about Wongo Bongo until, you know, what I read about them today. But Yeah, I mean, really all I know about Wongo Bongo was that they were a band that um, Danny Elfman was in before he was, like, a uh, composer. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it seems like they were kind of, like... A performance yeah they were very arty uh group as well as a band like the there's just like a picture of him dressed as satan that is like the that's the picture of uh danny yeah. elfman and oingo boingo um, should we uh should we cut in a song here so we could yeah uh, that's, know that we're... was my plan <laughs> okay yeah so you will do that yeah okay <laughs> by Danny Elfman in 1979. Um, and it describes him here as a surrealist musical theater troupe. So I guess that's the term we were looking for. Ah, yes. <laughs> a surrealist musical theater group indeed. Uh, yeah. But as a rock band, so just to quote their Wikipedia page quickly, uh, as a rock band, Oingo Boingo started as a ska and punk-influenced new wave octet. I don't know. Clearly, it was up Tim Burton's alley. Oh, they did the uh, 
they did the theme to the uh, the film Weird Science. Oh, there you go. Have you seen Weird Science? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll you know, it's a John, it's a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Enough said, pretty much. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll do a John Hughes movie one day, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. Almost definitely. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a few I'd like to do now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the guitar player from Oingo Boingo also uh, helped arrange the score for this movie, I believe, Mars mm-hmm. Attacks, because he he helped. Danny Elfman with his first few um, because he was the arranger for Oingo Boingo Mm -hmm. uh, and Danny Elfman was the uh, composer slash songwriter so uh, for his first few uh, for his first few uh, compositions he got the guitar player whose name I'm just trying to find I believe it's Stephen Bartek Um, Mm. Steve Bartek yeah so uh, was anybody else from Oingo Boingo like uh Notable? Let's see. It has its own article because there's too many to put on one. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Past members. Leon Schneiderman, Dale Turner, Sam Sluggo Phipps, Danny Elfman, Steve Bartek, John Hernandez, Josh Gordon, Carrie Hatch, Richard Gibbs, um, who's also a film composer. Um... John Avila, who else? Michael Bachich, Carl Graves, Warren Fitzgerald, Doug Lacey, and Mark Mann. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who any of those people are, but I don't know. Maybe somebody listening does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So, yeah, um, Oingo Boingo, most notable for being the band that Danny Elfman was in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really that notable otherwise, besides being weird. Um, I, I mean, I think they had they had some level of success, though. Oh yeah, I just I just mean now. I think at the time, yeah. I'm sure they were something, but now they're mostly known for. Yeah, exactly. Danny Elfman's origins contributions. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, were we already on tape when I was talking about uh, Danny Elfman ripping himself off? No, I don't think you were. No. Okay. So that. Okay. Um. That was off. Yeah, we should have that tape, conversation. But... Yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, I, I was mentioning to you earlier while we were doing the outro for the last episode, um, like, uh, this is re- it's, it's really similar, this song, to Men in Black. In fact, I had uh, both this song and Men in Black on my soundboard because we had the previous episode, and so I, I wasn't sure after I'd clicked it what if it was the right song. <laughs> if if it was the theme from this movie, if it was from Men in Black, yeah, it takes a moment. I mean, the Men in Black ones is. I think the Men in Black one's slightly better. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there, but I'm just saying they have a really similar feel. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I think we even mentioned in the Men in Black episode we mentioned Mars Attacks and that they have a similar feel. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. So and because Men in Black is like a year after, so I guess he perfected it perfected it for that yeah i mean not that the music in this is bad it just doesn't jump out at you as much i would say
Anyway, uh, I I just I just wanted to to show you that because there's some some they they seem like they could be from the sure. same soundtrack is what I'm saying. They do. I mean, yeah. obviously, Men in Black yeah. has more like, or sorry, uh, it 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 has more sort of um, bass bass in it. <laughs> is what I was gonna say. <laughs> Whereas um, yeah. Mars Attacks is more strictly orchestral. Exactly. Yeah, that's the major difference. Is Men in Black is a bit more uh, um, uh, hip of a soundtrack. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I was talking about, like, uh, I think that this is a common thing that, like, composers who compose for a lot of movies tend to do is that they kind of tend to reuse ideas. Yeah. And uh, I was going to point that out with uh, John Williams, who with... Uh, um, sorry. Who uh, who with Danny Elfman is amongst the most notable uh, Hollywood composers of all time? Yeah, I believe you called him a hack during the uh, <laughs> during the break. I believe you called multiple Oscar award winning, most famous composer of all time, John Williams, a hack. Or yeah. Film so composer, um, sorry. Yeah. Have you ever? I, I was just gonna say because like there are themes like specifically like. If you've ever watched the movie Hook, which is great movie, obviously a movie that he worked on, um, like the theme from Home Alone is is very clearly in that movie. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously he would extract it and put it into Home Alone later, but I think there's also themes from Harry Potter that are also in there. <laughs> oh my god! So he, yeah, a few quotes, self plagiarism, plagiarism. Is well, it's thing? not like he quoted. It's not really a quote because that would be like, okay, I'm gonna have this thing that I'm gonna put into oh, a quote would acknowledge the similarities or acknowledge. Yeah. That so, it but was what I'm a... saying is, what he did was he took like an incidental idea from, or not an incidental idea, but one that like a theme that is less notable. And, like, took it out and made it the main theme of another movie, essentially. Well, uh, it, you know what he's saying there? He's saying that I'm just so fucking good that this yeah. shit deserves its own goddamn movie. It's, like, <laughs> it's being <laughs> wasted as, like, part of Hook. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just kind of an aside, but um, I'm not accusing... Uh, well, I mean, it's not really plagiarism. <laughs> I'm not accusing um, Danny Elfman of doing the same thing. I just it 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 just jogged my memory of my uh, there are similar thoughts on uh, that. Yeah, and and as you say, the uh, the continuum between this and uh, uh, um, uh, Men in Black is is there. It's definitely there. Yeah. Was Tim Burton ever involved in Men in Black, or was he? Did we say that he was? I think he was a producer or like a consultor, consulting something. Let me just check super quick. Because I think he was involved. Right. Well, because uh, also, I mean, he's worked with, with Rick Baker and shit like that. So I'm sure that yeah. they... Uh, there are a lot of um, Tim Burton adjacent people who also worked on that movie. Yeah. Doesn't I don't see him credited in Men in Black. 
Mm. But but anyway, it, there's yeah. there's some crossover there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was definitely a uh, a very tangential look at Danny Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. It wasn't they. It wasn't a deep dive. No, 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 no. Exactly. Well, we ended up just talking a lot of things that were like Danny Elfman adjacent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what were we gonna? What were we gonna get to now? So, so well, do we next, have a segment? The next segment was. Now what is the next segment? It's what do you call that? It's kind of like, what did you say last time? Like the, uh, the logical, what is it? The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the logical negation of that's what it falsehood. Was. Logical negation of falsehood. Or, or, or the, uh, the, the state of, uh, of falseness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like? So if, 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 if falseness is a property, what would be the negation of that property? Precisely. That's what we're looking for. Um, send in your answers. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I think it might be this. So, welcome to the segment, The Truth, where we do not bullshit you and we get straight to the heart of the matter. We, we dig deep. Damn right we do. No bullshit here. So, um, yeah, this segment is called The Truth, um, and it's where we give you 50% true facts, 50% absolute bullshit. <laughs> it it um, fluctuates for sure. So before we get into the segment, I just want to uh, to because we were talking a little bit about uh, U.S. presidents uh, yes. previously. I want to uh, just give a uh, huge thank you to uh, current uh, U.S. president <laughs> Joe Biden for uh, giving us a shout out to oh, shout out yeah. to this segment uh, in his speech in his yeah, inauguration was, speech. You know, I believe I he mentioned us several times. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I didn't know he was a listener, to be no, honest. I didn't, um, I, I didn't know he was a listener. I I suspected that that he was, but, but yeah, he seems sure. like the kind of guy who would listen to our podcast. Yeah, um, a lot of the movies we cover are from his time. I mean, we helped get him elected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we might cut that part out. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> He mentioned in his uh, inaugural speech. Yeah, he 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 said it he, was he time. mentioned the truth by name several times. Yeah, he said it was time to get back to the truth. Yeah, so um, he's telling you you should listen to this part of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And by extension, the rest of our podcast. Exactly, but he was just leading with his favorite part. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So without further ado. <laughs> so there ado, we go. Craig Encounter, official, official podcast of the President of the United States. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. Joe Biden endorsed. <laughs> presidentially endorsed podcast. Exactly. Um, so without further ado, what we got for you this week, Joe. Because um, we know you're listening. <laughs> It's a li- like okay. So this week, I'm gonna immediately level with you. I didn't. I don't want to be it to become too like trite. I don't want it to be obvious. Um. Like I don't want to just do some random alien shit. You know. That would uh, be the obvious thing to do. That would be the obvious thing to do. So like, I did do some random alien shit. Well, obviously. <laughs> like of course, but. I figured it. it's more of a general look. And I'm not going to claim anything crazy. Okay. We're just going to take a, 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 a look. Because it's super interesting, the the 90s relationship with aliens. So, okay. First of all, um, let's just look at some of the alien events from the general time period of the film. From the nineteen nineties, are we talking about what happened with Kurt Russell in nineteen nineties? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, that's the first a great place to start is the Kurt Russell starring incident of the Phoenix Lights in nineteen ninety seven, <laughs> which we touched on a lot in the Men in Black episode. But yeah, go listen to our Men in Black episode yeah. if you want to know more about that. Yeah, so I won't go into that too much this week, but instead we'll talk about there was nineteen ninety six was a crazy year for um, Brazilian. UFO sightings. Really? Yeah, there was a lot of... What was going on in Brazil in 1996? So, there were two specific incidences... Oh, hold on. Oh, jeez. Two specific incidences. What is... Incidents? Incident. Incident. Yeah, yeah. A couple of sheeps. Um, Do we have uh, any burning cattle? (laughs) Brazil is big for cattle, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge for cattle. It's actually a huge reason why the Amazon is in such a bad way because you've got all these, you know, fast food companies tearing down massive swaths of land for their for their McDonald's burgers. Anywho, yes, but I'm I'm sure if you burned the cattle, that wouldn't help either. I mean, it would get that burger cooked a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about you know, like the the methane. Uh... <laughs> carbon monoxide uh, yeah, emissions well, from burning cattle. It would be a quick boost. It would be a big boost, but I think it would give away to an ultimate <laughs> dip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first incident is the Varginha. Varginha. Oh, God. Varginha? Varginha. Which is a series of events in 1996 when various citizens of Farginha, Brazil, uh, reported seeing one or more strange creatures um, and mm. at least one UFO sighting. That's why this is such a cool incident, um, is because they saw creatures. It's What do we say that is? That's an encounter of the... Third fourth? kind. Third kind. Um, so let me just read the... Uh, account of the creatures here. According to media reports, 
A creature was first sighted by three women ranging from 14 to 22 years old, sisters Lelan and Valqueria Fatima Silva, and their friend Katia Andrade uh, Xavier, Xavier um, during intense rain and strong winds. They alleged, allegedly saw the creature in the afternoon of January 20th, 1996, which is... Uh, when is that? Okay, so that's long before this film came out. Just just checking. <laughs> um, yeah. A biped around 1.6 meters. Uh, so that's about the size of the aliens. In That's about the size of a human. <laughs> that That's five foot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's human. uncommon. It's a smaller, yeah, it's a short human, but you know. I think there's no reason to believe that there aren't many humans that are that size. I mean, that's Margot's height, exactly, I think. Yeah. <laughs> a biped about 1.6 meters with a large head and very thin body with V-shaped feet, brown skin, and large Okay, that doesn't sound like eyes. humans. V-shaped feet. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to be wobbly or unsteady, and the girls assumed it was injured or sick. Hmm. Did it just crash land? It seems like it, yeah. The Silva sisters said that they fled and told their mother that they had seen the quote-unquote devil. Uh, the woman did not believe them up until she went to the area where they had allegedly seen the creature, smelled a strong ammonia-like odor, and found nothing but footprints. V-shaped footprints? Yeah, dog. And that convinced her? <laughs> Seems like it. Um Rumors began to spread throughout the city regarding UFO sightings and alien creatures being abducted by the military forces. Two days later, another creature was allegedly found lying along a road. Three military trucks were supposedly sent to retrieve it. A similar sighting was reported at the local zoo by its janitor. In the following months, three animals mysteriously died. Ufologist Roger Lear... So we're, we're still going with ufology? Yeah, that's what it's called. Ufologist. <laughs> Roger Lear wrote a book, UFO Crash in Brazil, that included interviews from people who claimed two creatures were taken to a clinic before being removed by military personnel. Hmm. Yeah, so on top of Sounds this... Sounds sketchy to me. Yeah, it's pretty sketchy. On top of this... <clears throat> There was uh, reports of UFOs hovering over cattle. Hmm. Although they didn't. Was there cattle mutilation? They didn't burst into flames, unfortunately. Oh. So that was the first one. But then the follow-up to that is that um, there was uh, a, a pilot named Geraldo. Was West it Kurt Russell? No. <laughs> I mean, unless Geraldo Westendorf... Which honestly sounds like... Fake name. It sounds like a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Kurt Russell. So would you say Geraldo Westendorf? Yeah. <laughs> who, what the, who the fuck has that name, really? That is such a fake name. It's true. <laughs> it's Kurt Russell. It's clearly Kurt definitely, Russell in disguise. Yeah. So we're going to start calling Kurt Russell Geraldo Westendorf from now on. Um, <laughs> he witnessed a cone-shaped UFO... 50 to 60 meters tall, with a base as big as a soccer stadium. Um, it's cone-shaped, you said? Yes, I did say. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm just saying, because, like, 
Are you sure it wasn't like a pyramid and he just saw it wrong? How dare you? Geraldo Westendorf, <laughs> no, Westendorf knows when he sees a pyramid. No, I'm just saying, because, like, you know, they're known to fly pyramids. <laughs> Are they? Well, we talked about it in The Mummy, didn't we? Or did we talk about it in The Mummy? I don't know. We talked about them building pyramids. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. Aliens and pyramids, they're they're, they're integrally linked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he flew around. Uh, Geraldo Westendorf flew around the object for some 15 minutes, keeping 100 meters of distance. The object was spinning around itself. I don't really know so, what that so means. I, I assume like spinning on its axis. Right. Like just spinning in a circle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, so I assume the reason why... Wait, this is 1996? Yep. Okay. Just uh-huh. thinking, uh, yeah, so you probably wouldn't have had any way to, to photograph it just on hand. Yeah, probably not. And even then, I guess he was flying a plane, so... I mean, it's easy yeah. to fly a plane. You could totally use one hand to take a selfie with it. It's true, actually. Phone. That's true. Pilots do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> The object was spinning around itself and heading towards the sea um, and was spotted at the radio, uh, radar spotted at the radar of a Brazilian uh, Brazilian government corporation nearby at Pelotas Airport. Pel- Pelotas, sorry. Pelotas Airport. So it was detected on radar and this guy flew around it and, sorry, Kurt Russell, Geraldo Rest- Westendorf, uh, also reported seeing smaller objects coming out of the top of the big UFO, which climbed into the skies at a very fast speed, with the larger UFO following shortly afterwards. Mm. Anyway, that's your that's your 1996 Brazilian UFO um, sightings. But there's this whole uh, whole article on these series of incidences in Brazil in in the 90s. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. It's, there's a, it's this weird fascination with aliens that the 90s saw. Um, like, for example, if you look at basically from 1950 onwards to 1980, you see a huge, or not a huge, well, pretty huge spike in like yearly UFO sightings. Yeah. For obvious reasons, right? Sci-fi and their Sputnik and all that. It's kind of obvious. Yeah, definitely. People start seeing more shit. But what's really weird... It's because it's it's in their brain, man. Yeah. (laughs) So that number spikes again um, between 1980 to 1990. So in 1980, it's about 4K yearly sightings. 4,000, yeah. 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 by 1990, it's just over 10K yearly sightings. Hmm. By 2000, it's just over 40K, almost 45K. So hmm. there's this huge jump from 19 in the 90s in UFO sightings. Um, and then yeah. 2000 to 2010, uh, it only jumps another like 5K. So it's just this huge spike from 1990 to 2000. And so, but does it ever come down? No, no. We're still okay. up there now, but so this is—it's just like 10k per year. Yeah, so yearly sightings we're talking about. Yearly sightings, okay. 
So I'm just saying, I assume the reason why it, it didn't continue to rise is because, like, uh, now everybody has access to, like, a camera, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, these right. things are far more easily disprovable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, just to f- the final thing, just to, 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 to end it off, I just I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so 1980 to 1990 um had it's a bit of a synolytic synolytics actually oh do you want to do you want to put in the theme <laughs> yeah throw it in throw it in it's a mixture oh I, I don't have it but you do oh yeah sorry i'll throw it in It's a mixture of segments here. So, 1980 to 1990. Truthalytics. Truthalytics. <laughs> uh, Wait, was it Cinelytics or was it Cinemetrics? I think we've said both. Anyway, I like Cinemetrics because it's like Sabermetrics. Yeah, me too, to be honest. <laughs> so, Cinemetrics it is. Um, yeah. So, from 1980 to 1989, uh, there were... 56 alien movies made. Okay. From 1990 to 1990. Wait, okay, so say say that again. Let me just bring up my fucking abacus here. Okay. Um, uh, let me just change that to scientific. Uh, okay. So say that again. So from 1980 to 1989. Yeah. Okay. There were 56 alien movies okay so that's uh approximately 6.2 uh alien movies per year <laughs> sick um so in 1990 to 1999 that number okay. goes up to 76 or sorry 77 77 alien movies oh wait wait actually i I fucked up my calculation. That's just 5.6, not 6.2. Oh, that's okay. Um, sorry, anyway, so the next one is? So between 1990 to 1999, there's mm-hmm. 77. Oh, okay, yeah, so going up. 7.7 movies a year. Yes. Now, this is where it gets interesting. From 2000 to 2009... So from 2000 to 2009, there's only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 6, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's quite a quite a slowdown. So where, where you said the cutoff is like 2000? Yeah, 2000 to 2009 there. Okay. I wonder what happened. Yeah. But okay, so I I just want to like get into your your numbers here, like how are, how are you measuring like like what qualifies as an alien movie? So yeah, so I was just gonna mention I'm not in the lists that I've got here. I'm on a website called Alien Technology. Okay. <laughs> that has a list of quote unquote alien movies from every decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and some I've uh, I personally discluded. Like I took out every Star Trek and Star Wars movie. Right. Because they included those. Well, so I think 
Yeah, so it's like it's something that's set in the future, not an alien movie. Say that again. So if the if the movie is set in the future, is it an alien movie? Yeah, that's that's fine. I think it has to have aliens in it. I think just having aliens in it is what they're qualifying, which is why Star Wars and Star Trek make it in. Yeah, because they definitely have both of those. Yeah, but I just don't. I wouldn't call Star Trek or Star Wars alien movies. Right. Okay. So. Is the movie Alien an alien movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And very finally, and I want you to get ready. Also, so also, like, are we counting, like, where do we put the cutoff between, like, does it have to be a feature film? Like, does it have to uh, have a theatrical release? Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a theatrical film. Okay. Feature film. Yeah, yeah for sure. Not short films, yeah, don't count. Okay. And I think these are, um, let me just make sure. So don't... Dark Star wouldn't count. <laughs> no, I don't think any of these are animated either. Okay. Yeah. So very finally, and I want you to get ready on the trigger with the, uh, the soundboard here. Um, because one of the notable alien movies made in the 1990s on the list is it <laughs> did I get it right you did get it right <laughs> <laughs> spot on so there you yeah, go yeah well it. I mean maybe like the drop off like you said it dropped off in the 2000s like pretty dramatically Hugely, yeah, hugely dramatic. Also, want to notice that 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 show was canceled in two thousand and two. Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, that's it. Like, for some reason, people stopped giving a shit about aliens in the two thousands. Maybe it's because the X Files was canceled. It was never. It was no longer just like telling them all the time. Yeah, as <laughs> fucking think about aliens. Yeah, is it was that a symptom or was that the cause? I don't know. It's hard to tell because it's like you know. I mean, a lot of people think that uh, one of the reasons why, like, the, um, like, why the X-Files was canceled was because of 9-11. Oh, really? Because of conspiracy theories? Yeah, because it's like, uh, the X-Files has a very certain attitude towards conspiracy theories, and I think that that was less tasteful later. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah. <laughs> I guess I understand that. Yeah, but also it was just, like, a sense that, like, you know, uh, people were, like, I guess, less distrustful of the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so I guess we can we can move into our final segment here. Um, okay, our final, the final thoughts. Our final thoughts, yes. So you've got a lot to say i believe this section so why yeah don't, i don't know how much time it's gonna take but i do have like a lot to say because so like i think this off? movie this movie is like shockingly like relevant i would say yeah i agree to like current events and 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 multiple current events too <laughs> is the thing yeah it's so it's like like i am now fully convinced that like based on events in the current 
last year, I suppose, that if the United States were faced with an actual alien invasion, this is exactly how it would play out. I 100% (laughs) agree with you. (laughs) Like, this is exactly how the United States... Like, we saw it happen. Yeah, and I'm not This is exactly how they would respond to something like that. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, like... I don't the the one difference though that I would like I would say is like I think that the 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 stance that this movie takes and like the portrayal of like the uh the scientists in this movie is like I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> with Pierce Brosnan basically being like a clueless egghead, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it doesn't in the time of COVID it it does it doesn't, you know, put a great taste in your mouth. <laughs> But but it's also like very relevant because of that because it's like you know this is how the world reacts when you know disasters like this strike. Not saying a COVID is an alien invasion, no. But I don't know. It's probably the closest thing we've had to that in recent years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but also like I just couldn't stop thinking about like how relevant it was in like while watching this. Like there was like that whole. There's a whole sequence where there's a fucking attack on the U.S. Capitol. Like, yes. <laughs> I was like, like, uh, I think I wrote it down uh, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like, would would the GOP have acquitted fucking uh, the Martians for vaporizing Would there Congress? be more than seven Republicans like, <laughs> who wanted to convict the Martians? Yeah, I think maybe eight, maybe eight would have flipped to, to, to convict, yeah. to impeach their, or sorry, to convict the, uh, yeah. the Martians. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to, like, be able to, like, just continue talking about this without just, like, veering really hard into U.S. politics, <laughs> which is, like, but, I don't I mean, know. That's, that's a huge part of this movie, I think. Like, like Yeah, that's said, the thing. It's, like, I, I, I think, like... Without, like, you know, making observations about, like, you know, I, I just want to be kind of careful, like, you know, I don't I don't want to, you know, condemn all the people in this country that I don't live in and I'm not a member of. It's like, you know, yeah. Yeah, but still, Canadians. like, just want to point out we're Canadians here, so we're, we're, we're looking into this from the outside, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Like, all of the things that Tim Burton is very clearly poking fun at are very much exactly where they were. Yeah. Like, where America was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, like, I would I would be so interested to know, like, how Tim Burton feels about this movie now in the context of the current, like, climate. He'd probably, I mean, I don't know, but he'd probably say it's just as fun, like... Like you said, it's just as accurate now. Chilling how more accurate now, I would say. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like, it is on a base level like, not to get too Roger Ebert with it, but it's like, uh, I mean, not that Roger Ebert would ever say anything like that about this movie, but it's like, it's a. Do do we know what Roger Ebert had to say about this movie? We'll look into it in a second, but it's it's an (laughs) indictment of like you know the American political system on a base level. Like that's. Yeah, that's like the the that's the theme of this movie is the 
the corruption and failure of the American political system. Yeah, and just like also the the way that they deal with the aliens at the end. Oh, I hear. it's just like, oh yeah, so that just kind of happened. Yeah, they fell ass backwards into a lucky situation. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which I mean, it seems to be the way that I mean, I it seems to be the way that we're gonna make it out of this current, um, you know, catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that it was luck. Definitely not. Like there are people that worked very hard to make yeah, vaccines, of course, but of like, um, it. it uh, what I'm saying is that I. D- the people in charge the, had nothing. The people in charge did not fix this. Like the people in charge of America reacted exactly like <laughs> exactly, exactly how the they same. do in this fucking movie. It's exactly the same. It's true. Like the American response to coronavirus <laughs> is exactly the same to to Jack Nicholson's response to aliens. I know. <laughs> Except I I seriously doubt that uh, that Trump had an. Uh, a speech where he's like, "No, why can't we all just get along with no. COVID?" He actually, he, he basically did. did. He totally did. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to get along with COVID. You know, he, he did. just, wanted, he just to wanted just just come up to COVID and hug it. Yeah, just give COVID a big old hug, and it'll give be gone COVID in a April. big old hug. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, I think this is the most political we've gotten so far, which right? is shocking because we get. Quite political. Well, I mean, well, we get, I don't we know. get I, adjacent, political adjacent. I take a a vague attempt to just stay out of it. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not particularly overt ever, but we we're, we're... no. I will say, like, because there was that, that whole last fifteen minutes at the end. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest. I I teared up a little bit near the end. <laughs> like uh, really? that part. Where you. what's his name? Uh, the the boxer. Uh, oh yeah, when he just starts punching aliens in the face. Yeah, so not that part, <laughs> but the part where they're 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 uh, like panning over like DC with like the house that's like cracked in half. Oh yeah, yeah. And he just like fucking like like fucking walks into the frame like still wearing his fucking uh, yeah. outfit. Yeah, dog. He you. survived. Yeah, it's dog. like we have no idea how he did it. We have no idea how he got to DC. Like it appears he fucking walked. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. so good. <laughs> but yeah, he was one of my favorite characters, actually. Yeah, he's a great character. And uh, again, the scene where he just like goes out and starts fighting the aliens. Like that's that's yeah the perfect summation of this movie. Really, is like that scene is him just yeah. like the, the alien being like, no, no, taking his cape off. <laughs> <laughs> and then just an American boxing. Um, he calls himself, I'm America's ch- world. I'm the world. Sorry, not America. He says, I'm the world champion. And then he starts mm-hmm. beating the shit out of the aliens. So good. And he does. He fucking beats the shit out of He kills one of the aliens, at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's implied that I guess. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know if he did it or if somebody started playing this, this oh, song. Right. Yeah, yeah. But but he he killed at least one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but th- yeah, there's a bit of de- Deus Ex Machina at the end. It's kind of like um uh whatchamacallit? Uh the HG well uh what's the fucking War of the Worlds. It's kinda like it's it's the exact same way. It that is it exactly the same, yeah. And that was actually referenced in Burton on Burton. 
Yeah, know? I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that War of the Worlds is like War of the Worlds is the original, just like Alien Invasion exactly. story. Yeah, yeah. So so, so like, much. I of actually it is... can't think of one that predates it. No, I think it is the the one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I through this movie, I laughed and uh, I teared up and uh, I <laughs> I felt really good at the end. God damn. It's a yeah. wild ride. That's a good movie. So you've got a good review for this movie. I I have a good review. For, I really like this movie. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. Yeah, but I, once again, it's just like the middle of the movie is just a ton of fun. Uh, it's a bit uh, it's a bit indulgent, but it's still a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. It's like it goes off the rails. That's that's my my opinion of it, and that's where I start. The rails were put there for Tim Burton to go through them. No, it, it, well the point the. I don't know that the rails were ever there for that section of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, in terms of flow, I think it kind of, it, it it messes with it a little bit. Because I think just, right. there's not enough plot holding that 30 minutes together. It's mm-hmm. kind of distracting in a way. Like, like, for someone like me who has such a short attention span, that's the moment where I start, like, looking away and like doing other stuff if i'm right like, if if you, if you have 30 minutes of 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 disjointed material um but that being said is the 30 minutes was like that is the movie that's the 30 minutes that that's you... the payoff yeah and it is sick <laughs> but yeah it's carnage but overall it's it is like it, it's one of those movies that are like i never actually thought of it as like a movie I loved, but you kind of realize how many times you've watched it. And then... Yeah, uh, I don't think I've actually seen this movie that many times. Like, I I mean, I've seen it three or four times, which is, like, a lot for most people, but, like, I... That's... There are a lot of movies I've seen a lot of times. That's, that's kind of what I mean. It's one of those movies I've seen, like, three or four times, and it's just, like, every time, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, good movie. like that. Yeah, good movie. I didn't... It didn't... It didn't get me in the same way. I didn't... I don't think I teared up, but... But yeah, it, I, I, it was a wild ride. I had a good time. I don't know, but yeah, I think yeah. Part part of the reason why I uh, why I really liked it is obviously, like I was saying, so relevant. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it's just a fun. Um, it's fun to dissect because it's not. It's just such a a broad, uh, analysis yeah. satire. So it's like. I mean, it's simultaneously like very deep, but also so shallow. That's yeah. It's kind of hard to define because of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has both of those things, and it kind of commits to both in a similar, <laughs> to a similar degree. I would say it veers one way more than the other, but yeah. yeah I suppose that's true, but uh, I I would say it, it veers into just you know fun carnage. Yeah, I suppose that's true. No, that's totally true, yeah. Both exist. So, did you have any favorite moments? Uh, honestly, I gotta say, like I mentioned, when uh, Byron just starts... Is that his name, right? Byron? Byron, yeah, yeah. Yeah, starts fighting the aliens. That's just, like, that's the peak for me. I love yeah. that scene. But uh, every scene with Jack Nicholson is also perfect. Well, I mean, the speech is obviously classic. Yeah, the speech is, is perfect. Yeah, um, one of my favorite bits in the movie is just uh, 
where uh Tom like where they meet Tom Jones. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about the Tom Jones. Like, see, there's so much to this movie that it is kind of hard to keep track of all of it. And like, there's that whole bit where like Byron is like, uh, "Do you know anybody who can fly a plane?" He's like, "I could fly a plane. Why? Do you got one?" <laughs> and it's like. I wonder if Tom Jones actually knows how to fly a plane. I would not be surprised. Uh, I know I wouldn't be surprised at all. He does seem like what you, there are every night, like Kurt Russell. Exactly. <laughs> every now and again, there are those weird celebrities who are like really into piloting, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it's like a thing that like only celebrities can really do. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a. Celebrity it's either your job time. or you're a celebrity. Yeah. Tom Jones, pilot. No, well, there's an astronaut who is named Tom Jones. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah? That's getting in the way. What, what country is he from? America? He's American, yeah. Thomas David Jones. Four space shuttle flights before retiring in 2001. Tom Jones. Tom Jones, singer, flying. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's a pilot. Or at least there's no evidence is, to say that he is. Yeah, it doesn't... Because, as we know, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Precisely. Well put. <laughs> yeah. So Do we I have guess... anything else we want to talk about? No, I I think that is... Uh... So, basically, uh, to sum it all up, good movie. You guys should check it out. It's a fun ride. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a fun ride that is like fun to just dissect regardless of yeah. which depth you choose to <laughs> yeah. go for. Uh, All right. Yeah. I guess go. I'll just play us out. Yeah. Uh, we will we will return in in one week. In one week's time with uh with a an episode that we have. Brand new episode, yeah. Brand new. No old reruns. No, no reruns here. Brand spanking new hot off the Presses. I mean, you can listen to our podcast anytime you want, even if you are. You can personally it. rerun them, yeah. You can personally rerun it as many times as you want, but we will not be rerunning it. I don't even know how you do that with a fucking podcast. Anyway, I'm just gonna play this out. Boom. Mm-hmm.